Good evening, I'm Abe Shapiro. For those of you just joining the Disabulletin, here's a brief recap on the program's ongoing coverage of Westchester Disabled on the Move versus Lyft. Five years ago, Westchester Disabled on the Move, a disability rights organization headquartered in Westchester, New York, filed a lawsuit against transportation company Lyft. The organization asserted that Lyft was violating the Americans with Disabilities Act by not providing wheelchair-accessible vehicles that accommodate customers with non-foldable wheelchairs. According to an August 22nd report by NBC News, quote, Lyft planned to argue that as a private and not a public company, they're exempt from the Americans with Disabilities Act, according to Title III of the Civil Rights Act, wherein public services may not discriminate against individuals with disabilities. The latest developments in this case saw Lyft and Westchester Disabled on the Move officials appear in a White Plains, New York court on August 29th, in which both sides argued whether or not to proceed to a summary judgment. That's legal speak for whether a judge will look over the facts and resolve the issues of the case without the need for a trial. The decision was made for both parties to file papers for or against a summary judgment by October 3rd. Instead of monetary compensation, advocates are asking Lyft to help customers in wheelchairs by allowing drivers to categorize their vehicles as wheelchair accessible, along with asking Lyft to turn off any app blockers preventing riders from selecting the company's accessible ride option, an option that is not available in non-access regions. In a September 2nd statement to WFHB News, a Lyft representative said, quote, Lyft has a long-standing commitment to maintaining an inclusive and welcoming community, and we're constantly seeking solutions to address wheelchair-accessible vehicle supply challenges, end quote. Over the past three weeks, the Disabulletin has aired portions of an interview with Westchester Disabled on the Move's attorney in the case, Jeremiah Fry Pearson, in which he has provided an overview of the case, along with prior court rulings concerning ride-sharing companies and disabled customers. One of the most common arguments that Lyft has used is, uh, according to Title III, Lyft does not have to provide rides as, as you said, it's not in the transportation business and it's not providing public accommodations. Are you aware of any uh, possible instances where Lyft may have accepted public funds? And does that factor into it possibly being considered a public entity? I can tell you for a fact that Lyft spends Lyft spends as much money lobbying to get the best deals it can get from government regulators as it spends fighting serving people with disabilities. I'm certain that Lyft has received public funds, but I can't give you a specific example of that. But to give you a sense of how intense Lyft's lobbying effort is, right before our last court hearing, advocates organized a rally on the front of the courthouse steps where I live in White Plains, New York, in front of the federal courthouse. And we heard from a lot of tremendous people, including Jim Weissman, who helped write the Americans with Disability Act, really powerful religious leaders who put this struggle in the context of the civil rights movement, our mayor, a lot of folks. But it was attended by over a dozen elected officials. One of those elected officials is a powerful state legislator. She went up to me and she told me, you'll never guess what corporation, but the morning of the rally, a certain corporation reached out to her to give her a large campaign donation. Any guesses to what corporation that is? Lyft. They were trying to bribe people who were supporting efforts for them to fight against the ADA. 
And if you believe that Lyft did that because of the goodness of their own heart or something like that, then you're the type of person who believes that it cost Lyft over $1,500 to provide a wheelchair-accessible vehicle, and Lyft really wants to do what they just can't. The facts show that that's not true. And so it definitely seems as well, especially in a small uh, area like Westchester County, there is an opportunity for uh, Lyft to expand and now I understand that this lawsuit has been has been in the court since 2017. And I also understand that one of the primary plaintiffs is, is a woman named Harriet Lowell. Is there the requirement that there be 40 people or did it just have to be specifically one person? For Westchester County, we have to meet the numerosity requirement, which actually some cases hold it's as low as 11, but 40 is the maximum number that you have to have. And I use 40 because... It's insane for Lyft to argue that there aren't 40 people in wheelchairs in Westchester County. There were almost that many number on the courthouse steps last week asking for Lyft to serve people. Um, it is insane for Lyft to argue that in San Francisco. Uh, as for who started the lawsuit, both Harriet and Westchester Disabled on the Move started it. And both, if an organization can be a hero, then Westchester Disabled on the Move is one of my heroes. And Harriet is certainly one of my heroes. Harriet is an activist who's been in a wheelchair since her 40s. She's given so much of her time to this struggle. She doesn't. She has a good life. Her and her husband are, are fairly well off. And in fact, one of Lyft's many insulting arguments is that people with disabilities are too poor to afford a Lyft. When the average Lyft ride costs $15, certainly there are too many people in this country who live in poverty. The idea that Almost every single person with disabilities can't ever afford to take a $15 ride um, is insulting. Lyft has deposed, which means question under oath, for a long time, both Harriet and her husband, in great detail, asking about absurd things. One of Harriet's stories is Harriet gets around in her husband's wheelchair-accessible vehicle. That means when Harriet's husband is in the hospital, she couldn't go visit him on days where there wasn't transportation available. And Lyft's lawyers had the... I mean, they get paid money, but this was a line of questioning that troubled me. They both questioned Harriet and her husband about specific times when Harriet wanted to visit her husband in the hospital. And there was something – I'm going to misremember the details because everyone will misremember the details. <laughs> there was some, something like three years ago, Neil was in the hospital, and Harriet couldn't get to him. And they asked both of them separately when that was, and one of them said July and the other one said August. Uh, we're talking like three years ago. Oh, yes. It's like, you're lying. And it's like, I'm pretty sure they're not lying about Neil being in the hospital. Pretty sure they don't remember the exact date, as they both said. And you're really grasping at straws if this is how you attack people with disabilities. Um, Westchester Disabled on the Move, sorry, let me pronounce it more clearly. Westchester Disabled on the Move is another one of my heroes. Um, Maria Samuels is the executive director, Mel Tansman, the prior executive director. What Westchester Disabled on the Move does is it advocates for people with disabilities. It's an organization that staffs, run, and serves people with disabilities. And so Westchester Disabled on the Move actually went to Lyft before we filed the lawsuit repeatedly and said, hey, you guys want to expand in New York State, you have to serve people in wheelchairs. And Lyft said no. And so Westchester Disabled on the Move did what people do when a company says that it wants to discriminate, they filed a lawsuit. And it's my great honor to represent Harriet and Westchester Disabled on the Move. And we've actually had over 240 people 
submit testimony in support of our case. Uh, one of the ways that we're going to beat the argument that uh, Lyft won in San Francisco, that there aren't enough people, is we went around and we got testimony from wheelchair users. Say what you want. Uh, okay, fine, Judge. You didn't believe there were 40 in San Francisco. Well, we got 240. So we just have their testimony, so count. Um, that's how we're getting around numerosity. But Lyft has deposed close to 30 people with disabilities, meaning they've made people with disabilities take time out of their day to testify, and then Lyft grills them. In its, in its latest filing, Lyft argues that some of the people who submitted testimonies to need Lyft, that they need a wheelchair-accessible vehicle. They don't really need a wheelchair-accessible vehicle because one of them testified that with extreme pain, and in an emergency, she can testify, she can transfer to a non-wheelchair-accessible vehicle. And so Lyft's like, well, she doesn't need a wheelchair-accessible vehicle. She could ride in an unaccessible vehicle. And that's true, but think about how gross that is, right? No oh, yes. restaurant would say, you know, with extreme pain, someone can get up out of a wheelchair and crawl up the steps, so we're not going to put in a ramp. But Lyft is reduced to making these attacks on people with disabilities because it can't defend the way it operates.